Hey, what's up? This is Renee Sharp, and this is Love Under the Patriarchy, a podcast where I like to explore what it means to find uh, love in a safe and uh, meaningful way under the patriarchy. And uh, it's fun. This is my third interview that we're doing today. And we did a pretty last minute at Tazo uh, Coffee and Baking, downtown St. John's, a beautiful uh, cafe that our friends run. And uh, today I ran into Brendan and Nicole, and we were just talking about how we do relationships, our attachment styles, and we decided to make it into a podcast. I really like it. There's parts I wanted to edit out because uh, I felt uncomfortable uh, with the way the conversation was going because I brought up punk. And that's an awkward conversation for me. Um, and But I kept it there because I think it's important to keep, uh, to present our conversations as authentic and to just uh, be real with, with the way we talk about stuff, the way we are all just floundering and trying to figure out how do we uh, find love in our communities, with our friends, uh, how do we do it in a respectful way in our romantic relationships with our family, all of it. So, um, yes, please enjoy. I loved it. Uh, it was um, an excellent exercise in vulnerability, and that's my jam. Love rules, and uh, please enjoy. Thanks. <laughs> hey, what's up? We're going live from Tazlo with two friends who were just talking about our attachment styles in relationships. Are we fucked? Maybe. Is there a solution? We're trying to figure that out. Here, with Brendan and Nicole. <laughs> oh, why? Let's, let's go. <laughs> let's do this. We're, we're here curled up on a couch. And uh, we, well, was it your idea, Brendan, to just, no, was it your no, idea, it was, Nicole? It was my idea. I said, why don't you just record the podcast now? Because <laughs> you, you were talking about um, how many episodes you've made so far. Two. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is a good third. So how are we doing in our relationships, <laughs> spiritually, physically, and emotionally? <laughs> and it, it's been a dry year for your boy, I tell you. <laughs> Brendan, describe dry and how it makes you feel. <laughs> well, how do you describe the absence of relationship? <laughs> I mean, how does it make me feel? I'm terribly lonely all the time. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, uh, you know, how does it make me feel? Uh, not great. I feel, um, I'm one of those people who has this, like, terrible need to be in a relationship. I've been trying to work on it, but it's, we're not getting very far. It's a hard thing to do. It is a hard thing to do. I, I definitely have a need for that validation that comes from uh, a monogamous relationship. Like, the constant validation is what I, I feel the absence of the most. You know what? I actually truly think that's just, like, a human um, uh, need. Yeah, but it's horrible that, we, that, that those have to be, like, so intricately intertwined with, like, with sex and love and relationships when all of my friends are so sweet and caring yes and validate me all the time yet not enough not enough i guess but they're also yeah. sweet it i feel greedy 
I'm also greedy. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. I think it's okay. Yeah. And I mean, platonic sweetness is definitely something I want to talk about when we're talking about love and the patriarchy, because we're talking about all the ways we find love, even with those platonic relationships. Mm-hmm. But it's not always enough. No. Doy, especially if we're not getting laid. So my <laughs> yeah, God, yeah, let's right? not beat ourselves up for that. <laughs> For some reason, I still feel like I have needs beyond my platonic relationships. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me and my friends, I well, I've been making more of a point during this dry spell to be always telling my friends that I love them because I love That's to hear it sweet. back. Yeah. But, yeah, the physical contact part, I don't know. You yeah. know, do have a lot of cisnormative male friends, you know, they're not... They're not cuddling. They're not cuddling. No, not unless we're drunk and it's like 4 a.m. and I'm sleeping on their couch because I'm living with mom and dad right now, you know? <laughs> I would like to say thank you for getting right into it right away yeah, in this conversation. Very vulnerable. Hey, hey we'll, 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 vulnerable. Talk, we'll, talk, we'll talk about boundaries in a little bit, but ain't oh my got God. many. <laughs> I also don't have any, and that's why this podcast is going so well so far. <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyway, thank you. Diving deep yeah. with Brendan. Nicole, would you also like to dive? I uh, I think it's really interesting that you, that's like your opener because I'm one of those people that like doesn't understand that. Like I, I get it and I think it's an understandable need to have just like a romantic relationship just like in general. But I've never been a person who's felt lonely for that unless there was like a person attached to that desire. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like I've never the, yeah. Um sex that you're missing it's the person that you're maybe yeah. not necessarily sex but like intimate with yeah like so like if like I guess the best way to to just I don't know how to say it but I feel like there needs to be for me to like have a desire for a relationship there needs to be a specific person persons that I'm interested in in specifically for me to like want that I'm never like I need a romantic relationship in general so, I'm I'm always interested to hear uh, about that from people who do feel that way because I feel like a lot of people don't like to share that because um, it is so vulnerable, you know, like to to be honest about your needs, a romantic relationship. It is interesting because people do feel vulnerable generally. Um, thanks to Cookie Jess Gibson. <laughs> Shout, out. Shout out to Jess. Um, it is true. It's it is very vulnerable to express that we have any fucking needs and yeah. to acknowledge that our needs are valid. I don't know why there's an embarrassment. Well, you didn't use the word embarrassing, but I find it embarrassing to even yeah. have uh, love needs, which is unreal because love is my favorite topic but there's something about that uh coming off as thirsty that is apparently a bad thing i'm always openly i'm always openly like yo i'm thirsty but apparently (laughs) apparently that's not a compliment (laughs) i find it really embarrassing even like i say that but i find it really embarrassing to have uh, romantic interest in anyone anyways you know like I find that baseline just like that it to be an embarrassing experience let's unpack that because that's very interesting and I don't think you're the only one who is embarrassed with wanting that oh my god why why are you embarrassed I don't know I this that's why I'm here 
that's why that's why we're here. That's why we're here. I hope this sounds okay because I'm moving the phone around a lot. Do you guys think I should keep it right there or something? I'm unsure. Mm. I yeah, I think so. In, okay, in a typical there. broadcast situation, I might stand <laughs> still. Okay, yeah. so okay. we'll move our faces yeah, yeah, towards yeah. the... Just that's alright, we're already speaking intimately. We might as well yeah. be physically intimate. <laughs> Just for a visual, I'm sitting on a... Uh, a stool higher than uh, Brendan and Nicole, <laughs> and I'm leaning into them. <laughs> Am I taking up too much space? No. Is no, this no, comfortable? No. Yeah, it's comfortable. Yeah. We're both we're we're all thirsty. We've Love already established that in the first we're five minutes thirsty. here. I didn't say that. Oh, okay. But Nicole is true. Let's just say this. I just looked around and oh my. Um, there's no yeah. children here anymore. I think we're okay. All right. <laughs> okay, I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, I generally have a low sex drive, okay. so I need to also have a crush on someone in order to develop those feelings. So yeah. I also don't generally have the thirst, but when I have a crush on someone, I'm like, yo, yo, yo. I relate to that. Sure. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> yeah. You relate to that? Yeah. Sure. Okay, so let's talk about the attachment styles that we were just. Uh, okay. Okay. So you have on your phone, Nicole. Yeah. And we were reading through the attachment styles, and I most uh, relate, embarrassingly so. No, I'm not embarrassed. I no, own don't this. Don't be embarrassed. Um, the anxious. What was mine Pre- called? Preoccupied anxious. Preoccupied anxious. Uh, Nicole, do you want to just read us a few traits? Okay. Do you want me to read them all? Yeah. I can. We okay. have an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we have an hour. So, insecure in intimate relationships, constantly worried about rejection and That's abandonment, yep. preoccupied with relationship, Check. hyperactivates attachment needs and behavior. Yes. Um, <laughs> hyperactivates for some reason is in quotation marks as well. Oh. Uh, needy, requires yeah. ongoing reassurance, wants yes. to merge with partner, which scares partner away. Yes. Ruminates about unresolved past issues from family of origin, which intrudes into present perceptions and relationships. Mom got me fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's hey, the man. summary of that. Um, overly sensitive to partner's actions and moods. I am. Takes partner's behavior too personally. Yes. Highly emotional, can yeah. be argumentative, combative, angry, and controlling, poor personal boundaries. Mm. <laughs> Communication is not collaborative, unaware of own responsibility and relationship yeah. issues, blames others. Unpredictable and moody, connects yeah. through conflict, mm. um, and stirs the pot. That's yeah. in quotation marks as well. Mm. Inconsistent nice. attunement with own children who are likely to be anxiously attached. Yes. So that's maybe wow. relevant. Okay, so thank you. Yep. So, you know, when I'm in relationships, I'm like, we need to talk. We need to talk about gender imbalances that we may have or like power dynamics. And we need to talk about you don't own me. And if you feel jealous, we need to talk about it. And I'm having those conversations with people I'm in a relationship with, thinking that I'm being open uh-huh. and a really good communicator uh-huh. and tearing down patriarchal structures that exist in our relationships Uh but in reality it's me being a fucking wildly anxious person (laughs) under the guise of an intersectional anti-oppression way to relationships when really i'm just being like kind of an asshole and just fearful like i'm i'm fearful in relationships Mm -hmm. i'm working on it but like sometimes it's like let's just trust the process but also how can you trust a relationship that exists under the patriarchy literally why this is my favorite topic because it's like 
let's acknowledge that the way we're taught to do relationships is fucked, Mm -hmm. but also acknowledge that we need to somehow trust love Mm -hmm. in the process of relationships. And I mean this in communities too and with friends, like that attachment style, Mm -hmm. I have that with my friends and family as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm anxious. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm interested in, like how do we find safe ways to love under these systems? So, okay, so that's me. Now, where did you find yourself in those attachment styles, Nicole? Um, I would say, like, I relate to some of those things, like, um, with preoccupied anxious. Um, With all the um, categories of attachment styles, Mm -hmm. was that the one that you... Yeah, I would say, like, that and maybe, like, me, I like to think secure, but, like, maybe preoccupied anxious is how I'm feeling. I I bet you're also secure, because apparently it's pretty fluid how you can Mm -hmm. go between these attachment styles Mm -hmm. well i mean it's also like the person that you're like the specific relationship that you're referring to as well right like um it's contextual it is contextual Mm -hmm. yeah um secure is you know it's what you'd expect um so i relate to some of that stuff like i when we were talking before i said i feel like i have a really secure attachment with my parents but sometimes when it comes to, say, like, romantic relationships or even friendships, I feel like I'm preoccupied anxious. So what you know? are you preoccupied about? Mm. Do you have, like, a, a, like a, a theme? Um, I'd say, like, the thing that really stands out to me in the list I just read is, like, overly sensitive to partners' actions and moods takes partners' behavior too personally. Yeah. I'm extremely sensitive to other people's <laughs> words and actions, you know, in a way that I think can be detrimental and also may cause me to, like, shut a person out, if that makes sense, or, like, pull back. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Let's talk about astrology a bit. Excuse me. I, I did a coaster two months ago. I <laughs> <laughs> in walks Mara Pellerin. Mara, we're doing a love and the patriarchy uh, podcast. Pull up a chair. Right now? Yes. Right now. <laughs> She's leaving. <laughs> That's called anxious avoidance. <laughs> Give her a break. Just kidding. Yeah. She walked into this. It's She's kind of queen. amazing that you uh, you mentioned Scorpios and then who walks then in the door? A, a badass Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I wanted to say. Oh, what was I going to say? Oh yes. Um, with everything that you just read, uh-huh. uh, I always perceived that to be like over empathetic to other people's uh-huh. moods and feelings and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And I always thought that was my issue. Like, oh yeah, I take uh-huh. on other people's feelings and emotional when I walk emotions when I walk in a room or if I'm in a relationship, uh-huh. I'm overly empathetic. And recently I was reading, it's like, nah, dude, that's shitty boundaries. I think so you're not, too. You're not empathetic. You just yeah. have shit protection with your own stuff and other people's stuff i think one thing i've been thinking about a lot lately too and as i get older about how like that's actually not necessarily like a good thing a good thing in terms of like like oh i'm empathetic i'm not saying empathy like when people say that they're an empathetic person that they're necessarily like bragging or making themselves out to be like really great or whatever but like I'm bragging when I say it, which is ridiculous but I think it's also a, a type of like extreme self-centeredness too that you interpret every single thing that a person does as being like you're the root of it so like you know if someone is in like maybe a bad mood or if they're going somewhere they're like kind of like you know like 
not having a say like a you know taking the time to like manage your emotions yeah. that it's about you and not like the fact that maybe like the other person is busy or like they're doing something whatever it's super egocentric yeah. and it's really hard to break yourself out of it yeah yeah because as far as i'm concerned it is all about me you know what i mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i do <laughs> yeah nicole yeah. word yeah Brendan, do you see yourself on have you thought about attachment styles no, no. I mean, because you came in on the we always, we always. Call. I feel like we always have these conversations, or not necessarily you and I, me, oh. but like our wider, our wider friend group. Uh, you know, the community. I feel like we're always. I've definitely heard of them before, but I never considered which one I was. Yeah, because you know? I'm kind of new to them in the past, like I don't know, six months or so, and they're blowing my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you came here today when Nicole and I were kind of looking up on the internet what yes. we were, and were you seeing any that was that you were feeling? For yourself? Mm, not so true. not not so much. Well, we only really talked about the the one that we were going, yes, yes, for you. <laughs> <laughs> Which was very funny, but you know, it is what it is. And then the other title. The yeah, 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 yeah. I would love to what find out. The other attachment styles, Nicole? So there was the unresolved disorganized. So that's oh, that was the one, the one that was like, really mean, right? That I mean, thought I mean, No, but. this one is the one that's <laughs> like... Mean. Um, this is like one that like people are really distant. Oh, wait, yeah, actually, maybe, yeah, no. That one is that's like yeah. aggressive and punitive and all of that stuff. Yeah, I don't think that... I, no. I hope that's not no, me. It's not no, um, And then there's... Uh, what's the other one? Dismissive avoidant is like kind of like emotionally like distant. Nah, I'm an open um, book. Yeah. yeah. So maybe you're secure. Maybe like you're doing okay. Maybe. I've been working on it, you know? I, yeah. I find one of the worst things that I do for my partners is like that I have been working on for a few years now because somebody yelled it at me and I was like, shit, that is true. Is that sometimes I treat my partners like therapists. And maybe, you know, what started off as a lighthearted story turned into like a 40 minute di- uh, monologue on my trauma as a child, you right. know? <laughs> and I have been working on it. So I don't know. I'd like to think I don't. Haven't done it in the last couple of relationships, but I definitely also have done it. So I don't know. Maybe not necessarily insecure. Maybe not necessarily secure. But I'm sure I could probably identify with every category. But I have to say, these categories aside, it is true that we tend to, uh, and we, I mean, just like the general populace, tend to rely on our romantic partners as the sole people to support our emotional needs. Yeah. Yeah. So I think to go into a 40-minute, Mara, I love you, Mara's, Mara's saying goodbye, bye. I think going into a 40-minute thing about your own trauma with a... A By partner accident. who who loves you. I I don't think that's bad, but that's because I also have bad boundaries. I'm unsure. Also, I've been told it's bad. You know? Yeah. So if you're told it's bad, then it wasn't good for that situation for sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And there is like a tendency for cis dudes to depend on. Yeah, yeah. You know, there women is, and that's that's why I was like, shit, I gotta work on this. I don't want to be that you're so dude. <laughs> yeah, you're fucking right. And like me, I'm also making sure I'm. Doing the good thing in the relationship, so it's really fucking cool that you're being yeah. critical like that of your of your stuff, or like not critical, but like just watching. No, watching how you treat I don't think criticism is a bad thing. It's a good thing. thing. Yeah. It's a very yeah. good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, definitely being critical. Oh, I think this is what it is. 
if you're going to do that, then you're uh, available for their stuff as well. For sure. As long as it's good. That's the problem is that I think the people that I typically date aren't always necessarily the type of people who not don't ever want to talk about it, but there's a time and a place to talk about it. And then suddenly I'll just get going and it'll be totally inappropriate for that person. And it's not respecting their boundaries. Like you were talking about your boundaries. I'm like, I don't have any. I'm like, I'm walking down the street and I run into you. Yeah. And you are having a bad day and you want to talk about that? Unless I'm like late for work or some shit. Like, let's go sit down and we'll have a talk, you know? I don't have those boundaries and that's part of the issue. Well, what's interesting is that you <coughs> just described your relationship go-tos as you wanting the emotional <coughs> care and your partners being the ones who don't trust depending on other people to put their yeah. shit on. And that's also... But I also kind of expect it. Mm-hmm. Which is you interesting because those are two attachment styles yeah. that I think attract each other. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. I... If you went through my history of all of my exes that were, like, even, like, somewhat serious, uh, like, they all share a lot of things. And I'm I'm sure a few of them will be listening to this, so, uh, sorry if I offended any of you. (laughs) I don't think you've said anything offensive. I think you're just, like, hey, I'm trying to to work on my shit. I'm trying to be nice about it. I'm trying to... Oh, my God, you know. Don't eat this cookie about it. You're like, hey, if I see anything bad, I'll shove this cookie in my mouth. (laughs) Shout out to Jessica Gibson again for the cookie. Um, but no, seriously, I mean, it is strange that they are people who attract each other. It's, it's, it's. I think it's, um, it's real. I'm just checking my recording here to make sure we're still recording. I gotta make sure. Can you imagine? Hold on now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Excellent. We're, we're still good. Going we good. good. We good. We good. We out here. I think it's true because I. I'll tell you now. I attract people that I want to take care of, and those people are not able to take care of me, and that pisses me off. But that's my own self-fulfilling prophecy, and the people that you date may be similar. Yeah. In that way, I don't. I don't know. I, I I have no fucking idea. Who yeah, you date, but, but um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I don't know. Because it's a thing. It's a thing. It's it's like um, there tends to be an unequal distribution of care. Yeah. I, in relationships. I I think growing up, I was always kind of dissatisfied. Between the duality of my parents, my dad being, like, the typical Irish Catholic old man who, like, wouldn't, like, he couldn't get drunk enough to tell me he loved me. And my mother, who was, like, one of those helicopter parents, who was, like, constantly doting on me when I did not need it. And trying to find that balance, I think, is what I've always strived for. Um, But I also definitely like to take in lost, like, I'm always looking for him. I'm like, oh, you need help. I'll help you. Right. And that's not necessarily, uh, that's definitely not necessarily a healthy way to think about a romantic relationship. No, it's not. 
Not if you want. That's to, what I not if you want to go to the distance, you know. No, it's true, and it's interesting because yeah. that's exactly what we're talking about with the attachment types. Yeah. It's like I guess apparently theoretically it is based on our relationship with our caregivers. So it's very yeah. fucking interesting that you yeah. talk about like your dad yeah. was not emotionally giving to you. No, no. I mean, he's great, great guy. Love I'm him sure to pieces. He is. But, totally, yeah. But just like that very, like I don't know. I guess it's like the typical man, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't need to tell you that I love you, but you know, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, it's it was never like not caring, but just like I need that validation. Give me that. Give of me that course. Validation. And you're searching for that, and yeah. like we all are. So like we're searching for the validation that we that we didn't get from yeah. our primary yeah. caregivers. Yeah, yeah. And I don't fucking know. I don't know how it works, and I know it's nuanced. I know it's specific, like we were saying earlier, to, like, uh, people's particular circumstances, okay. cultural or, or socioeconomic, or it, just talk about how these theories probably don't have the feminist lens that we all have, but I still think there's so- something to it. Yeah, for, yeah, sure. for sure. Anyway, I wonder I wonder what, what describes, so what Brendan just said with his parents... Which attachment yeah. attach yeah, yeah, theory yeah, yeah. is that? Because that's in there. No. I guess, like, maybe, like, I don't quite remember the one. I feel like there's, I feel like there's not a lot of, like, and maybe, maybe because, like, attachment styles were theorized for maybe, like, a particular purpose. But I feel like there's not a lot of, like, variety in, like, the ones, at least the ones that I learned about, like, secure attachment. Like, I don't think that there's a lot of, like, when I was studying this, because I, I first came across attachment styles when I was studying social work, like, I don't think that there was a lot about, like, helicoptering as, right. like, a parent, so that's kind of one that I'm, I don't know. For the record, I do hate that term, but, like, it perfectly describes it. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of don't know what it means. Does it just mean uh, Like, always, always hovering, always okay. overbearing, yeah. always restricting... And dictating everything that you do, oh, you know? I wasn't okay. allowed... We lived three-minute walk from the local Marie's yeah. mini-marriage. I wasn't allowed to walk there until I was 12, you know what I mean? Okay, Overprotective. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, my parents were like that too. For no reason. And, I mean, you know me. I'm not... I'm not someone who... I'm not someone who can be kept down, <laughs> you know? I want to go see the world. <laughs> Are you a Sagittarius? No, no, I'm a, I'm an Aquarius. I've been told I'm a textbook Aquarius. Oh, wow. yeah. Wait, what yeah. does that mean? I don't know. What's honestly. an Aquarius? Uh, well, that I was born in January is what it means to Let's me. Let's look January. up the qualities but, of Aquarius. I mean, oh, you're but I will say that Nicole, Nicole Squires and I, our birthdays are about three days apart, and um, we're pretty. We are agree on pretty much everything. Yeah, okay, cool. Weird. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm so uh, maybe there rising. is something to it. You're an Aquarius rising. Okay, mm-hmm. so. We're talking about all the stuffs, but how would you like to relate it back to love under the patriarchy? When you both thought about doing this podcast approximately two minutes before we started recording, <laughs> what was your goal to talk about? What's pressing? I don't know. What's pressing for the both of you with love? Um, in our communities, in our friendships, in our relationships. I don't know. I think we need to... Uh, I think we need to... Like, I personally have been, like, focusing on trying to, like, grow and be a better partner, a better friend, um, trying to learn how to read a room, because I'm totally like you in that regard. I'm like, I, like, walk in and someone's in a bad mood, and I'm like, oh, it's because I walked in. <laughs> Surely, like, 
I never thought of it in a narcissistic lens before, so I'm just like, damn. <laughs> True words. But you know, I, I think, think we need that I think needs narcissistic. I, I definitely it definitely is for me. I'm just like I walk into a room, they're in a bad mood, and I'm like, it's my fault. <laughs> um, but I think we need to focus more on forgiving ourselves and forgiving people who have hurt us in the past and forgiving because just always forgiving everyone and trying to learn and grow and that needs to be the focus you know we're there is it's a spectrum you know there's not a 100% middle really there's no perfect relationship there's no perfect dynamic there's it doesn't exist because once you try to be one way you might go too far the other way or you might be in in like the opposite you, you might be trying to do one thing and doing the opposite thing. You know what I mean? Jess is giving his face. <laughs> and, uh... Jess, do you think we're all full of shit? <laughs> <laughs> Jess is um, turning off the light yeah. and putting her head across around the corner and being like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I think we just need to... I, need, I think we need to focus on learning and growing and forgiving and... I don't know. There's... A, there's... There's always just an air of someone does something bad and that's it they're a bad person or I did something bad and I'm a bad person and we need to realize that sometimes we do bad shit but it doesn't make us bad people are we talking about consent or just shitty behavior in general I don't I mean Yes, obviously it extends to that, and that's a whole other ballgame okay. that I'm not I, talking I wasn't about. Sure yeah. if that's where you were going. No, okay, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I mean, you know, um, there's like the classic issue of you're good friends with someone, they're shitty to your friend, and then suddenly you're like, bam, cancelled. Yeah, you can't be at that. You Unless they're truly that. a prick. Unless, uh, hey, if, as long as they're trying to learn and grow and acknowledge their own flaws, I think there's no... The, uh, unless it's so heinous... That yeah, it can yeah, be, yeah. it's unforgivable. Obviously, yeah. there are exceptions to all rules, but I'm a, I'm a firm believer in the. As long as you're learning, you're growing, you're taking responsibility for your actions, that you should be given the opportunity to grow, and that you shouldn't necessarily be shunned. And it, I think that's what we need to focus on. Not that it necessarily happens too much, but I think that that shit is important. Giving each other a bit of leniency to fuck up but then move forward together is a really good goal. And so how do you see that playing out like with our community? Like some good stuff. Like what are some good things that you're seeing how people are moving forward with like a better intention instead of like shutting each other out? Because it's very difficult. We're literally in St. John's, Newfoundland. Like a very small small town. And we had to be very intentional with how good we are to each other. It is, yeah. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. We do have to be like very intentional, and um, I'm trying to. You're welcome. You, to, can you try to like reframe that question? It's what pretty good? vague. Yeah, it's, it's pretty vague. I think. So I guess I you just. You and I identify with the punk community. Yeah, yeah. So we're welcome to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah. a very specific way to find love under the patriarchy. Punk. Yeah. For me. Yeah, like when I think too, about yeah. love under the patriarchy, I think about resistance. Yeah. And I think about um, intentional ways of taking care of each other. Yeah, and challenging while also the status quo. Fun. That's it. So, like, how do you think we've done that? Uh, not that I'm saying that St. John's is very 
has like a punk scene. We don't. It's, it looks very different than other cities. Yeah. But we do have. We of the stinky armpit, you know. Yeah. So that's how I like to think of it. Yo, I put I put like um, peppermint oil on my armpits this oh, morning. Oh, fancy! I really what are you gonna date I later? really, I have no, <laughs> I haven't been on a date in four years. But the, the armpits are burnt right off. Me. Oh, I dare say, yeah. So yeah, but um, what do you think we could celebrate right now? I eat you. What What's your favorite way that we? Let's just call it a punk community for lack of better descriptors. Yeah. Well, uh, I well I just mentioned it to you before we started recording, or maybe after. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm really proud of me and all of my cis male friends always telling each other that we love each other. That's a good. Thing. And trying to, trying to find that validation in a world that typically doesn't have it. Yeah. And. That brings us back around to challenging the status quo. Um, you know, it's funny when, like, sorry guys, but when the normies hear us do that, they're like, "Oh my God, look at look at those boys! They must oh my goodness, they're something different," you know? Something different. But but seriously, I mean, I feel like uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I'd never really considered it. But that being said, I do catch myself um, sometimes describing a situation. Um, and talking about something as if it's like totally normal, but then people are kind of like giving me the side eye. We're in a bubble. Yeah, we're for in sure. A, we're like a bubble a, with our little. A very uh, real community. bubble. Very, yeah. very real. Yeah, what well, I asked Brendan Nicole, Nicole okay. got up for a second, yeah. was like, I'm just curious about your favorite way that we've been able to find love under the patriarchy as a quote unquote, lack of a better word, for lack of a better word, punk community. Okay. Love being very vague, punk being very vague, community being very vague as a concept. But I'm just curious. Hmm. Oh, me and you always play hardcore bands. We can say punk. We can say punk. <laughs> we can say punk. I don't know that I can think of any. What did you say? You said like mm. people expressing uh, love for each other. Well, yeah. I well, I was Maybe talking about yeah. how me and the boys are always telling each other we love each other and trying to validate each other in a very deliberate way and how that's that ties into you know the challenging of the status quo the challenging of all the things that we grew up with um especially somewhere in newfoundland like my favorite non-joke is that we're 10 years behind in everything mm-hmm. um, but it's like super true yeah um, i guess i ask because when i think of attachment theories i do think about punk a lot because i yeah. think a lot of people who get into punk have a very particular um amount of pain <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and maybe yeah, trauma in in their lives and there's a particular type of attachment that we bring to punk because we are are really attached to um um, the idea of belonging, yeah, and that, and it's it ends up being very elitist, but it's mm-hmm. very, um, it's sometimes a huge uh, survival mechanism for a lot of us when we're kids. For sure. And now we're still in, if you want to call it punk, as yeah. adults in like our uh, early thirties slash late thirties. Me, it's like mm-hmm. I'm still here. I have a, I have an attachment to punk whether it's healthy or not, but it's really informed how I've been able to love in a radical way. Yeah. And I'm just curious about that conversation. Okay. It'll probably take me a couple of minutes to think about that, honestly, and I'm sure, like, after this, I'm going to, like, 
be like off doing whatever, and then I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, that. But I yeah, mean, we'll do a follow up like, well, so later vague. after a few beers, you know? It's pretty yeah. big. I'm, I mostly just made a statement, mm-hmm. and, and but I mean, like, no, but I think that because we're in punk, that we do do love and relationships in a very particular mm-hmm. way that is different from. Yeah, uh, normie styles. Yeah. Well, there's like I guess like a fundamental. I don't know. I like. I mean, I make generalizations, and then I'm. Instantly I'm making all like, kinds of generalizations, yeah. and I regret most of them. But um, this is it. <laughs> I think like a comfortability with dealing with conflict, and like an um, here we go. Maybe an understanding that conflict is not necessarily like a negative thing; that it can be an opportunity for growth. This because I think that yeah. that's something that like a lot of people aren't necessarily taught or don't necessarily learn yeah um i yeah. mean again i mean you have people who are like in every circle i guess who are like super conflict avoidant or whatever but yeah i, I mean like at, off the top of my head that's like the first thing that comes to mind that's a good mm-hmm. fucking call and i'm yeah. not super into the ways we have dealt with conflict in the past no and exactly. i mean in like any punk communities i know like across canada We've done some fucked up shit, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> With, so like, collar culture and shit. But I feel like it's pretty intentional how we're mm-hmm. trying to move forward with learning the appropriate way to hold people accountable. Yeah. That's a big one, of course. Uh, and so, out of earshot, yeah. you... Okay, so, in the past, I don't know, 10 years, the festivals that we have here in St. John's, we are continuing to develop policies mm-hmm. around how we're respecting each other and i hate the word safe space because it's never actually safe mm-hmm. and safe space is usually just for fucking white punks and it doesn't really include uh mm-hmm. people of color or, or people anywhere along the line of like the lbgtq 2s yes. fucking beautiful whatever mm-hmm. like it's usually pretty it's usually just safe for white people and it's fucking bullshit it's like safe yeah. for who whatever but we're trying to develop <coughs> those ways of calling people quote unquote in these days mm-hmm. and you are part of planning out of earshot festival yeah. and you were a part of planning shed right and so i'm not in sorry yeah 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 <laughs> it's like all those um uh festivals music festivals punk festivals are totally trying to be created around the idea of love under the patriarchy. Yeah. Like, uh, acknowledging that we want to be more loving and caring with each other, i.e. creating safe spaces for everyone, Mm -hmm. under shitty structures like the patriarchy, which punk is in. Oh, yeah. Like, punk is in the patriarchy. It's never been out. We always try, but we keep, like, recreating shitty... uh, big shitty ideas in our little communities and it's it's wild we're fucking up all the time there's always yes always got a fucking stage yeah Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous but i find that these days we're trying more and more to create policies that are inclusive so out of earshot like what have you done to create that kind of whatever just for shits and giggles called love into the patriarchy for this festival like what what are the policies Oh, wow. Do you know what I'm asking? Yeah, I think I kind of understand what you're asking. I'm a little scared to speak for the festival just because I my ideas might be a little different than everyone else's. And there's no real, like, I guess, like, party line about it. But, like, we put a lot of thought into um, what our shows and events look like. I mean, a lot of it... How do I say this? Like... 
like we put up like posters and things like that. It, it sounds like a pretty tepid response, but I think that it's something that we all think about a lot as people just of, because of who we are. So it's kind of like not necessarily something that is necessarily super overt, but it's like thinking about those things and wanting to have like inclusive spaces for people is something that we just naturally bring to like everything we do. Like I think that naturally, like but you also put a lot of work into it. Yeah, what I, do you I would say because it's not obvious to I everyone don't who even might remember listen. off the top of my head, but like. Um, like a general idea. It yeah. doesn't have to be like official out of your shot. This is like coming from you as an organizer. Is that yeah. What I'm we have like um, another thing. Actually, I can probably look it up on the on one of the events or whatever. But we like, you know, it's just stuff. I, to me now, it doesn't even seem so radical because I feel like a lot of um, organizations in St. John's have like similar sorts of ideas um, and approaches to events and things like that. Because I mean, like. Um, I feel like at least and again I'm in a bubble but I feel like a lot of marginalized folks um, are the people who do a lot of the real organizing in terms of events and stuff like here in St. John's so like I know punk's in that role because we're not doing shit yeah, it's, like, it, it, like, you're right it's the organizations who are yeah. run by marginalized people who are doing the real cool fucking work of yeah, loving I mean, the community I'm gonna take a look here and see what we say. I mean, like, we just have a thing about, like, you know, like, wanting to have our events be as, like, you know, I guess, like, safe and inclusive as possible. Like I said, I'm just, like, super reluctant to kind of speak on behalf of Out of Earshot just because, like... Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> you definitely don't have to. Yeah. Can but I just an example. For a second, yeah, please. for sure. Um, because, I mean, the way that I always thought about it when we were, um, you know, always copy and pasting our policies on the Shed events and stuff... Um, is that like, it kind of came together to me too when you said that we are a community that's kind of born out of like trauma and out of being kind of different and it's a way that we self-preserve ourselves yep. um, and that we protect each other because that's what call-out culture is yep. it's like you fucked up when you hurt my friend and yep. fuck you yeah yeah fuck you yeah yeah <laughs> totally it's true but it, it's a way that we um, protect each other um, sometimes it feels like it's under the guise of being um, anti-racist anti-bigotry mm-hmm. when the reality is that you know 90% of us are cis white people yep. oh, yeah. um, but it's it's about protecting people so that maybe they don't have to deal with the shit mm-hmm. that we've had to deal with mm-hmm. and that I know a lot of my friends um, especially the females have had to deal with um, in public uh, in private at home and that we're just fucking sick of mm-hmm. like there there is like nothing I hate more than having to deal with that stuff as an organizer it feels horrible to me as a cis dude to have to do that because it's such a part of everyone else's reality and not really a part of mine. And, That's why that those policies against, mm-hmm. um, you know, against bigoted language, against physical intimidation, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, those why those yeah. That's why that that's why that was always so important to me because it was not part of my existence or my shit that I deal that I grew up with you know um and 
like, God damn, it's gotta stop. Somebody's gotta say something. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. sometimes it feels like, you know, we're organizing what is essentially a party with live music. Yes. And yet we have to have policies against that because there's still so many people that don't understand their actions and they don't hold themselves accountable. Yeah. And that's why I think we need to reward people when they do. Or not necessarily reward, but be opening to listening when they do fuck up and when it's like, oh, damn, as much of even an apology and backing down from a situation um, rarely happens, but when it does, it's like, well, maybe we shouldn't be like, fuck this person forever, you know? It's tricky. It's and there tricky. Are, there There's are all... never going to be a balance. No, no. And between protecting ourselves, of... protecting yeah. Yeah, yeah. the people, yeah, yeah. and also... You know, making it a comfortable place where strangers could want to come. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. I cringe at myself when I bring up punk because we're so ridiculous because we are so No, man, don't be so hard so, on us. No, no. Oh, I'm hard. I'm hard because, like, it's like, it, you, I think you just said something like, um, like, we can congratulate ourselves or what you a say? A reward. Something? A reward. It's yeah. like, I, I just, like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know if we're going in the right direction because... Yeah, we well, reward what... uh, so many men if they do the most menial uh, like work of like anti-oppression. It's like, yeah, oh yeah. my god, he's such a good guy, yeah. and I and I, I cringe to think of how much we do that in. We punk. do. That's why I instantly corrected myself. I know, because but I, I do don't... it all the time. It's yeah. fucking ridiculous. And, I mean, and let's be real, like, when... I always go back to punk because it's my... It's always been my go-to to to build community, but it's so fucking limiting. It's so frustrating because it's within that community that we're finding the most unsafe Mm -hmm. situations because when someone's in... Like, I've never dated anyone who's not punk because in my mind, if they're not punk they won't have the anti-oppression language that mm-hmm. I need in my life, but they're the most fucked because they know the language, but they're still acting like a fuckhead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah totally. Very, it's totally. very dangerous. And um, I'm guilty of it too, because like, I'm not the best ally to people uh, who are marginalized. I try to be, but, yeah. uh, but I'm not doing a very good fucking job. So, I Punk is a bit fucking ridiculous. I don't know. I'm embarrassed that I talk about it so much. Because yeah. we're so... I prefer the term hippies these days. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. I don't know. In a weird way, it's like... I don't know. Because it encompasses my ideas of, like, sex and love. And also, like, you know, like, the peace and everyone is open. The open door policy. I kind of... I kind of like it more than punks because, like, yeah. especially like punks when the normies hippies. think about punks, they think about like Sex Pistols with their sudden jackets and their fucking boots <laughs> kicking people. You know, that's quite an image. I it is a, an image. I feel a bit weird talking about punk because it's never a community that I really felt that I necessarily. It's restricting when I bring it up. I shouldn't have brought it up. No, yeah. no, not at all. I mean, I always say like punk adjacent. I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't exactly. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. I don't exactly know where I got that from. It didn't come to my mind. Uh, it's not copyright me. Feel free to use it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's just, like, I feel like I'm aware 
and I've been involved, I guess, tangentially, but, like, I would never say, like, I don't know, I would never consider myself to be part of necessarily, like, a punk community. Meanwhile, I don't know, is that weird? Meanwhile, you're the most punk person, ever, <laughs> which is so funny, but because I know exactly what you mean. Because you're rejecting it, too. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel adjacent to a lot because I'm just like floating around, you know. But you are at the core of so many of the uh, like uh, good type of organizing that I'm interested in. Yeah, and that's why I asked. Thank you know you. what I mean? I oh, absolutely. That. You're absolutely. You're uh-huh. you're. We're all at the core of it, and and that's why I'm just so curious. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we always, yeah. in three of us, and, and a lot of our yeah. friends, we're at the core of something that I'm just really interested in dissecting. Yeah. I'm interested to talk about I guess that like, experience. I guess, like, with a lot of the things that I've been involved in, it's either, like, because there's been, like, I guess, like, a legacy of people who've been... Um, doing like work with organizations or whatever that I've really respected and enjoyed and admired and wanted to be part of or it's like oh I feel like there's an absence of this particular thing um yeah what what does it give you why were you interested because you've been around since you're 13 right yeah yeah that's true I mean I guess like recently I think about like that stuff and it's like I feel like I've um I've benefited and enjoyed so many things in terms of, I guess, like, the arts community. I mean, I guess I'd probably talk about the arts community more so than I would talk about, like, say, punk or whatever. But, like, I feel like my involvement with, like, different organizations and different, like, festivals and whatever is a way to kind of give back and contribute to that, too. Um, I am not the best at managing my time. Oh, whatever. (laughs) But, um, yeah... I, uh, I've, I've never heard of a punk. Is? I think it's important. <laughs> Who's managing time? <laughs> it's literally a, a punk time is literally a term. Though yeah. so I'm early for everything. Did you find the policy? Did you want to look it up? Oh yeah, no. It's um. I mean, it's like pretty. I mean, to be honest, like it's pretty standard it's with standard, like, like what people are doing now. But yeah, like it's with um with out of earshot. It's uh, let me take a look here. Do you want to give us a little out of earshot blurb? Um, I can read this. I'll read this. Please do. Um, Out of Earshot is a non-profit community-based festival in St. John's dedicated to showcasing emerging Canadian music and art. Our code of conduct Mm. is Out of Earshot aims to create a supportive and enjoyable festival experience for all participants. Any form of physical or sexual violence, harassment, abuse, or discrimination on any grounds will not be tolerated during our festival. Take care and be aware of yourself so others can ha- um, and others so we can all have a great time. So I mean, like I feel like that's pretty standard these days. But it's to me. hot. Yeah, it's at the core of the fucking issue. This yeah, is the core of the context that I'm trying to talk about love and the patriarchy. Yeah. And it feels like kind of like weird, and <coughs> painful, and redundant to bring up like punk. Yeah, how do we choose love with the yeah. communities that we build? Punk, but that's yeah. what I'm fucking talking about. Yeah. Like what you just said is standard amongst like all the work that we're trying to do yeah but it's not obvious no no it's not how we're actually living yeah. it's something we're yeah. striving for and that excites me even yeah. though it's fucking annoying that we've been striving for that probably for 30 years yeah. like we've all been in punk quote-unquote since yeah. we are 12 13 mm-hmm. and that's what we've been working towards but guess what what like it's like uh <laughs> it's not it's not changing overnight and we still have no. to put in that work and that is literally an act of love under the patriarchy and For that's sure. why I bring it up but, yeah. I, but it's still so necessary because like 
you know, I've always been super proud of everything that I've done yeah. in, in punk. Yeah, don't yeah. let the shitty punks change that word for us, you know? <laughs> but we're all shitty is what I'm saying. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's shitty, but don't let the people don't let the people take that away from you. Because that's where I learned this. Yeah. And I feel like well, we all work for not for profits, like yeah. that is becoming more normal in that community as well. And I think uh-huh. I think I've noticed a difference a little bit. I mean, I don't know, I'm talking about it from a cis male lens, but it does seem like things are changing. And what I said to you earlier is that I do want to talk to more six cis males on this podcast because I, I want everyone brought in, you know, yeah. to this conversation because, well, let's be real, I'm dating mostly cis males, so, yeah. you know, I, I want to talk about how we're all choosing love. And it is more revolutionary to talk about uh, how you're intentionally loving as a cis male. Yeah. Like, women identified, apparently, we're supposed to be doing that emotional work anyway. Uh-huh. But right, you know what I mean. So I just like the conversation. I like blowing it up, and I like dissecting it together. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know, it's the fucking best. Yeah. And I also think that that stuff is still super necessary because it I is. show it to my Nori family because I'm super proud of yeah. what me and my friends have done over the years. Yeah. And they're like, "What are you putting that for? That just makes yeah, it sound yeah. like a stuffy old thing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, Jesus, it's like I don't want my friends to get fucking raped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like. Is that seriously something that seems insane? Yeah. Like, because it does happen. Right. Like, how often do you hear of sexual violence within St. John's, a city of, what, 200,000 people? Yeah. I feel like the instances here, because of the drinking culture and everything, are so much higher per capita than... Because the culture that people hate women. Yeah. We're 10 years behind at least. Not that only women are assaulted, but... But... Just saying... Or but hate marginalized genders, is a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. like so much of it. And it's funny because it first occurred to me when we were talking about, you know, our own trauma and stuff, but like it's such an insular community and what I think is normal and is acceptable is like not the status quo. It's true. And that's why I think that there's still a need for punk to be challenging that because if we don't... Who is? Well, there's a there. What, what oh, there's a lot of people, people challenging. It. Think fuck. You know. And you're right. But what's also correct is Nicole. You being like, I think more about the art community, and it's yeah. true. Like I'm, I'm in my head thinking. And the first person who I interviewed for this podcast was Kaylee, oh, yeah. and they are in the fucking quote unquote art. The word art makes me want to die. Just like the word <laughs> punk makes me want to die. Because, like, I always thought that art was just for rich people. Now I know that's not true. Mm-hmm. And now I'm realizing art's really important. I'm just whatever. But no, Kaylee and the people at Eastern Edge, they're the most fucking punk in yeah. this city. Like everyone doing these incredible drag shows and art shows all based around uh, blowing it up, queer mm-hmm. shit, beautiful shit. Like mm-hmm. um, it's hot. Yeah. And they're, they're the ones doing fucking cool work. And, like, just to shout out Lanya Vanya, too. I mean, they have a a position that's dedicated to, um, like, I think, like, inclusion and, I guess, for lack of a better term, safety. I can't exactly remember what that title is. But, I mean, like, they're prioritizing that to the point that they're employing someone to review those practices and, you know, like look at that as on like a systemic and like organizational level which i think is really cool it's um, totally hot so give a shout out to chrissy d mm-hmm. mara pellerin 
Who else organizes Lani Vanya? Uh, Sarah Harris is on the board. Judd Haynes. Yes. Um, Mary Beth Waldrum. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of people. There's a lot um, of people. Amelia Harris yeah. was that in that position, I believe. Amazing. Um, Kelly McMichael. Kelly McMichael. Um, Jesus, there's so many. And then all of the millions of volunteers. Yes. Yeah. It's very hot. Yeah, it is. It's very, very hot. I admire Lani Vanya a lot. I admire Lani Vanya as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. They got it going on. on. At first when they were on the go, I was like, I don't know what's going on because I'm not really into that type of music. And then after all, I was like, yo, this is way more punk than what we're fucking doing as far as like inclusion and making sure people are on the level. Yeah. And now it's like my favorite like fucking festival because they are on the go. Yeah. I love it. So I really appreciate that. Okay, so we really... I steered this conversation from our own personal attachment types to punk, (laughs) then to art. Are we okay with this? Yeah, totally. Did you want to say anything else about your attachment styles or punk or your involvement with the community or just love in general? Anything pressing? Anything burning? Um, I just think that it's funny because I have the same outlook on both things. I think we need to just always be remembering to learn and grow and learn and grow and forgive. Okay, how to? Can you just give us a short guide to learn and grow? Uh, well, or the I Brendan, can speak... The Brendan the Brendan, guide. the Brendan guide? The Brendan guide? The Brendan guide to learning and growing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think what you need to focus, or what I've needed to focus on is... Um, identifying my flaws, identify when I do shitty things. Hold yourself accountable. Hold yourself accountable without it making you spiral into some depressive self-hatred, which was my status quo for a long-ass time. And now I'm just trying to realize that every action that I have and every conversation that I have has the potential to profoundly affect someone else or myself and to be always super mindful I just you know you sit down think about your day like turn all the noise off we have enough of that in our day to day life just be self reflective don't be too hard on yourself and always tell your friends that you you love them that is lovely. Yeah. Thank you, Brendan. That is You're fucking welcome. lovely. Yeah. Next time we'll do a mindfulness podcast with Brendan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mindfulness, love, and punk. Yeah, with yeah. Brendan work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't hate that word. I still like yo, it. Yo, yo. You mean mindfulness? No, um, or love? Or punk? <laughs> well, I like them. it. I don't know why I have shame. I'm just yeah, full yeah, of yeah, shame yeah. and it's it comes okay. out in every okay. conversation it's a, it's I okay. have. It's okay. <laughs> we could have a whole other podcast about our shame around punk. I'm, today, only, I'm, sure. I'm only shameful around punk because it's so painfully white. And we're not actually inclusive. Yes. And I want to be more inclusive than it is. Yeah, yeah. So then when I get into the conversation and I realize it's like the most important thing in my life, I'm ashamed of that. Yeah, but yeah. like, uh, I'm being hard on myself and punk actually saved my life. And I'm yeah. appreciative of the good stuff it does do. But it's just uh, also bullshit in other ways. That's all. Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all. Know, that's my mindfulness piece. <laughs> <laughs> that's my like holding myself and my, my community accountable piece. Yeah, that's all. For sure, yeah. Yeah. I don't mean to be so shame laden though. Yeah. Laden? Laden? Anyway, yeah. I don't mean to spread that shame around punk. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Um, Nicole, what about you? Um, I really like having these types of conversations with you. It's really fun. 
I was talking to someone recently about how I feel like I'm a pretty closed off person in a lot of ways. But when I talk to you about this stuff, I feel like I open up. So you have a real skill of helping people open up and be vulnerable. So Fuck, Nicole. Thank props you. Props for that, I guess. Oh, jeez. I love you. Oh, I love you, too. I love you, Brendan. I love you, Renee. Love under the patriarchy. Signing out. Uh, three chuds in punk. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> See you in the streets. Bye. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, thanks for listening. That was amazing. Thank you, Nicole and Brendan, for being so open today in a public space at Toslo AM. Uh, thank you to Becky and Catherine and Jess and Caroline for kicking it out every Saturday uh, with an incredible brunch. You treat us good. St. John's is lucky to have you. Uh, so keep your ears open for the next podcast where I talk to my brilliant roommate, Valerie, about how she navigates love under the patriarchy through her work as a porn star and academic focusing on community health in regards to sex workers' rights Uh, Sex work is real work, and we all know that shit, so it's going to be a great conversation. Truthfully, most of the conversation is her talking about her butt, and I celebrate that. So fuck yeah, see you all then, and please get in touch if you want to talk to me about love under the patriarchy. Love rules, and take care of yourself and one another. Bye.